Welcome to Coffee House. So, we have a bit of an in-between kind of an episode here. A bonus episode, if you will, about a couple of movies that I watched recently. But they kind of become a duo for what I want to talk about. So, you probably wouldn't know this, but I actually have a great affinity for horror movies just in general. There's something about the genre that is immeasurably appealing to me. So anytime, I mean, middle of the day, it does not matter, early morning, I will watch horror movies. Especially old ones that I have no idea what they're about or just random ones on streaming networks. I'll just pop them on and I'll watch them, I'll pick them apart and uh, just enjoy every moment of it. So in this particular instance, I watched two of them that I'd never heard of before. One of them, I think, was on Hulu, maybe? It might have been a Hulu-specific movie, and then one of them was on Amazon Prime. The first one is called Wounds, and it stars uh, Army Hammer and Dakota Johnson. It's described as uh, disturbing and mysterious things begin to happen to a bartender in New Orleans after he picks up a phone left behind at his bar. It's written and directed by Babak Anvari, a filmmaker I hadn't heard of before. But let me go through it a little bit. So this is, uh, this is fun stuff for me, so just bear with me. I think most critics miss the point, because both of these movies are kind of have a, a middling scores, but there there are things about them that I think are important to understand what horror is and what people are, <laughs> just really in general. So for Wounds, the critics mostly probably expected just a basic horror movie, so that's where they were looking for is a basic horror elements in a horror movie. But there's a reason that the filmmaker in that instance got really legitimate actors here. I mean, Army Hammer, that's definitely a known actor. He's got a strange name, but <laughs> he was in The Social Network. He even had a an action vehicle that did not do so well. <laughs> Dakota Johnson, she was in, was she Fifty Shades of Grey? I know she's been in a few things, but anyway, so both of them are legitimate actors. But the movie itself, Wounds, is actually based on a novella. I can't remember the name of the novella, but that's what it's based on. So it starts out, I'll give you a little bit of a description, but it starts out that this guy, Army Hammer's character, he works at a bar. It's just kind of a divey bar. It's got cockroaches. It's not a great place, but that's where he works. And he's got a friend there, this girl, and her boyfriend, and they're just kind of drinking there. There aren't many patrons in the bar, but they're just kind of, you know, shooting the whatever together. So they've got a little bit of back and forth. There's a little bit of tension between him, Army Hammer, and the boyfriend because it seems like he has a little bit of a thing for his friend. And his other friend is there, who's kind of a gruff fella, just hanging out. And these kids come into the bar, and things get a little get a little out of hand. And there's a fight, and one of the kids ends up stabbing his friend in the cheek with a broken bottle. So you've got this kind of a setup. So his friend is injured and, and has to go home. He says, no, I'm not, you know, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm just going to go home. I'll be fine. He's got a really serious injury. But Army Hammer's just trying to deal with this stuff. He goes home and runs into his girlfriend, who's Dakota Johnson. And she's a student. And there seems to be a little bit of tension between them two. You're not really sure what's going on. He's got these suspicions that she's seeing her professor, and they just don't have the ideal kind of a relationship at this stage. So he's he's kind of a, a jerk to people. And one thing that you realize as you're going through, you get to know his character a little bit more, is that he's not a great guy. <laughs> he kind of He's not thoughtful, he's mean to people, but he had picked up this phone that was left by the kids who were at the bar. He had picked up this phone, and the phone starts getting these uh, text messages and these calls that would just have these weird noises on the other end. And the text messages would be really strange things like one was a picture of a bunch of human teeth in a pile so he'd be getting these things and they start kind of messing with him 
And then he starts noticing these wounds on his body that just start appearing. And he doesn't know where they're coming from, and he's trying to figure this out. As he's, you see him interacting with more of the people, and you see kind of how selfishly he acts, and how he doesn't seem to really care about the people. But he'll go check on his friend, and his friend will be getting worse and worse, and he talks to uh, the friend who got stabbed in the face. And then he talks to his other friend, the girl, who shows up, she's just had a fight with her boyfriend, and so he kind of swoops in to try you know make something out of it for himself and that doesn't go especially well but so over this whole time you start you're getting the idea that he's not the greatest guy he's selfish he doesn't want to help people for the for the sake of them for their sake he he wants to do it for things that he could get out of it so it just it escalates he learns from the text and, and talking to the kids that there's a, the, some kind of a, a theory his girlfriend starts watching these videos and there's this theory about how there's like this entity this this eternal <laughs> higher up entity that tries to make its way through people's wounds and it inhabits people and it uses people as a vessel for going through their wounds to get into the world so it just it increases he goes to see his friends his friends so much worse and it's just really really bad he has this uh, blow up at work and gets fired he everything falls through with the other friend the girl things with his girlfriend are going very poorly and they get worse as she she starts becoming catatonic and just talking about these videos and what's coming through on the phone and so eventually, uh, of course, there's a, a lovely happy ending where he rides off into the sunset on a white horse with a princess or something like that. Anyway, the point is, of this particular movie, is that he himself is a toxic person. And this is represented physically by the wounds that he gets. So over time, you know, they get worse and worse and he doesn't know where they're coming from. He do- isn't capable of diagnosing it. But the reality is it's his toxicity. And so you get that throughout the movie. The, the point is to be kind of a, an expression of the toxicity of someone and how it affects all the people around them and how the people around them, you know, try to get away but often aren't able to and they're brought down by by somebody's centralized toxicity. So metaphorically and thematically, it has this this broader structure and this broader idea and it's, it's set in terms of a horror movie. So just put a pin in that and then we move on to the second movie. The second movie is called Apartment 212 and there's a there's an alternative on IMDb. It's called Gnaw, G-N-A-W. I'm glad they changed the name Apartment 212 just is kind of a more standard name but like most people see the word gnaw and it's just it's a word that doesn't look particularly right because it's silent g <laughs> so i appreciate the changing of it but for some reason it's still on imdb in that way so anyway apartment 212 here's the the blurb about it jennifer is starting a new life away from an abusive ex-husband but falls into paranoia and fear as something eats her a bite at a time as she sleeps she must confront her fears to wage a final battle for survival before the last bite so the star in this the main girl's penelope Mitchell. I'd never heard of this person before. I know she'd shown up in things that I've seen, but she's the center of this movie. Okay, so she's a domestic violence victim, so it opens up where she is trying to start over. She gets to this apartment building. You know, it's not great. The people aren't great there, but it's her new start getting away from this abusive ex-husband or husband. I don't think they actually got divorced, so this abusive husband. And she gets in. You know, she has a a bruise on her arm. Nothing too serious, but she befriends this guy, which which I love their little <laughs> their little dynamic throughout this movie. I think they, it was done well, the way these two interact. There's this guy, he's like a middle-aged guy, he's a little overweight, he's balding, he's just a nice guy who's trying to help her out and be there for a neighbor. And so she's trying to figure things out, and she first sees a woman in a neighboring apartment who has bruises all over her. You know, it looks like she has these open wounds, she's bloodied, and she sees her husband yelling at her, 
And so she sees, you know, the echoes of the experience that she just had with her ex-husband, with her husband, and asks about it, but everybody's mum about what's going on. And so when she tries to sleep at night in her apartment, she'll hear from this just sobbing and weeping from the neighboring apartment. And this keeps happening and keeps happening. And again, so obviously spoilers, I don't know if you noticed with the last one, but spoilers for these movies, if you want to go watch them, I would advise, you know, if you like just horror in general, or just kind of movies, psychological horror movies, then I'd advise go watching these uh, before you finish this episode, just so you can, you can get an idea, you can experience it as it happens. So anyway. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So she goes and uh, she sees what's happening to this woman who's her neighbor and runs into her at one point trying to go like apologize uh, because she was she was yelling through the wall telling her to shut up eventually. You know, it got bad, worse and worse and worse. And so she's yelling, just shut up, stop it. So she went to go over to apologize. And then while she's there trying to apologize through the door, the woman blows her own head off <laughs> with a shotgun. So this is, you know, obviously really shakes her up. Her husband finds out where she is and is starts harassing her only luckily to the intervention of friend her new friend at this place once the the other lady dies then she starts noticing that she's getting these sores on her body and she had run into uh, an old friend and and she really needed a job but the old friend was saying how you know i can get you into a new job i i get to hire the person i like you a lot the interview will be just a formality you just have to show up on this day when i get back you just need to show up it's a formality and you got the job so she's marking off on her calendar, waiting for this day to come by. But just day after day, her, these wounds are getting worse and worse. She's getting uh, wounds on her neck. They're you know, more visible ones. They're all over her legs. She's got it on her forehead and her face. It just it doesn't look good. Even her lips are like uh, chewed up and, and drying out. So she goes through everything over this time. She you know calls. She demands that an exterminator be called and show up. And he does and doesn't find anything. She cleans the entire place. She uses all these disinfectants and anti-roach things and all this stuff and washes all of her bedding and tries sleeping in different areas you know sleeping on the couch or whatever and she's still getting these wounds that are just showing up so she just she doesn't know what to do but uh, it gets to the day and she's manic you know she's barely slept over the course of a couple of weeks and so she's just manic and she's like i have to go to this interview because i need this job desperately and so she shows up, but she is absolutely wrecked. She's got just open wounds all over her body. Her her lips look disgusting. Her hair is a mess. She, her eyes are all bloodshot because she hasn't been sleeping. So she shows up at this place and everybody's giving her looks like, what is wrong with this girl? She goes into the interview and she meets with her friend's partner first, who is just flabbergasted. Then her friend comes in and he eventually just says, you know, no, this isn't happening. Uh, this person is not the right fit for our company. And so she leaves, and this is a devastation. She just doesn't know what to do. She considers going back to the abusive husband, but at the last second, she decides against it and returns to this apartment where she's just getting eaten alive. She snaps at her friend. Her friend tries to help her, and, and uh, all these things keep going on. And then eventually you've got this reveal of there actually was something in that apartment. And it's this little bat-looking thing. <laughs> And it's awesome. It is such a great little monster. I absolutely loved this moment in this movie. So I'd, I'd turned away. I think I think I was working. Cause generally, I'll turn on just a, a horror movie while I'm... Because I get all the beats. I know how these things are structured. So it's easy to watch these. But while I'm answering Discovery or something like that. So I, I turned away. And I, when I look back, I see this little <laughs> this little bastard who just looks so right <laughs> for, for what it's supposed to do. And then she has this epic battle 
battle with this thing <laughs> over the course of a, a lengthy period of time where she's fighting and fighting and fighting against it and there are all these symbolic thematic things like one of the things a through line throughout the whole movie was that she was a bad cook she was a terrible cook and this is something that her husband would say and be abusive about and so at one point she makes cookies for her friend to apologize to him when she snapped at him and takes him the cookies and he takes a bite of one it's absolutely terrible it's absolutely horrendous so he's oh he said no this this is good this is great but she re-emphasizes uh, the fact that that was something that that she was criticized for from her husband so uh, you have this moment where she's fighting this little bad thing that is just, uh, it's vicious. It's a vicious little thing. And its it was the thing that was chewing her up the entire time. And it, it's cutting her face and it's flying. Uh, she eventually, you know, gains the strength. Her friend comes and tries to help her. And he's like, what's going on? What's going on? Are you okay? Okay, I'm going to go get help. And he goes to leave and the bad thing attacks him and knocks him off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved this moment. <laughs> just everything about this fight. I was just, I was just enraptured. <laughs> I was totally into it. So she's fighting it, and uh, eventually she gets it. She's beating the hell out of it. She's punching it. She's hitting it with things. She's smashing it against stuff in this bag. But it just keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. So she finally, she opens the microwave and tosses it inside. Closes the microwave and starts it. So she's cooking it, and you see it on the inside. It's, like, flying all over the place trying to figure out what to do. And she's cooking it and cooking it, and eventually it stops, and the microwave, you know, beeps as she's walking away. She has a little quip about not good at cooking or thank God for the microwave or something like that, because somebody else would say that. So she said, thank God for the microwave. And it bursts out and attacks her again, and she she just catches it, and uh, it has this little this little talk with it. <laughs> you know, it's the moment in the movie where she she finds her courage. It's not something, even though she defeated the monster, she f- has to find her courage to actually defeat it. And so it turns back into this little idol thing instead of the the evil little bat monster that it was. So having done that, then there's the sequence at the end where she effects revenge on her ex-husband while feigning to return to him. And that's the end of the movie. So anyway, the whole point is of this movie is that it's it's structured around the idea of gaining the courage to be able to move on and defend yourself and get out of an abusive relationship. So that's that's the whole point. And so you have it, the whole movie has these markers throughout where, like, at one point, you understand that she's getting these wounds. And she's saying that I didn't do these things to myself. And she's trying to tell people, I didn't do these things to, my, to myself. And, uh, but there, there must be these critters running around and, and biting me and all these, all these sorts of things. And, and people don't believe her. And some of them want to help her, but say, you know, you've got you've to come clean about what's going on. So there are all these parallels, you know, related to abuse, domestic abuse. And the way that the domestic abuse, the injuries that she has, the way that affects her ability to be able to function in the world, to be able to relate to people and interact with people and get jobs and things like that. So the whole thing is an allegory for domestic abuse and domestic violence and uh, the necessity and the ability to be able to overcome the fear that's related to it. So throughout, it's something that that plays with her mind and she questions things and re-questions things and the way that people interact with her and, and sometimes accuse her of doing something wrong. And then uh, the husband keeps showing up and being a dick and gaslighting her and all these sorts of things. So we finally get to the end and we understand. And this is what the point is of me bringing these movies up. 
is that this is the kind of horror movie at its best is that it takes a human trauma and it tries to create something cathartic out of it and sometimes it's more explicit like we we talked about Midsummer. that was one of them that I did a whole episode on at one point where the whole thing is an allegory for being able to let go of a toxic relationship so it wasn't as clear it wasn't as ostensible the abuse but it was just the toxicity between the two characters that was something that you had to understand throughout the movie and how it was a, a return to you know accepting the family that you have and, and siding with the family that you have and siding with yourself over you know the need to be in a toxic relationship and then for these two movies you know it has a lot of the same ideas when you watch an average horror movie that's one of the things that it always starts out with is that you'll have you know a family in flux there'll be something bad that's happening then you descend into the horror movie and the horror movie is you working out the ideas related to you know your grief to your fear about the future your fear about what can happen to you and what has happened to people you care about. It's really, horror is really exploring what is most terrifying to us. And more often, the things that are most terrifying are what's inside rather than what's outside. And so for these two movies, Wounds, it was about the toxicity that's really inside of you and how that tends to decay, not just you, but the things that are around you and hurt the people that are around you. And then in Apartment 212, being too weak to stand up to somebody who's uh, being domestically abusive and not having the ability to be able to communicate about it and letting it be something that really decays you internally and externally and affects your ability to live and so you see these ideas that play themselves through in these kinds of horror movies and I just that's one thing I've always loved about horror movies that it can start with something so simple as a problem that virtually everybody deals with at some point or another you know a breakup or having a fight with somebody or just having difficulty in your family or whatever having having trouble with a relationship and then it works its way through all these horrible things to be able to get to a point of better understanding yourself and better understanding the things that are scary in the world uh, I also watched a movie called The Brain, and that one was about a giant brain that was eating people. So <laughs> I don't I, that I'm still working out the. <laughs> It was like from the 80s. I'm still working out the um, the thematics in that one. It might have been like, uh, if you read too much, it's dangerous or something. I'm not sure. But for the other ones, I mean, there was a, there was a clear thematic. And I loved, I loved exploring these two movies. And so it was fun. I wanted to share it. I hope somebody got something out of that. And next, I think tomorrow, we're going to have an episode on some super awesome stuff, super important stuff. And I hope you like that one too. But I will definitely see you on the next one. I hope all is well. All right, bye. <laughs>